This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. I want you with a joy offering, clap offering, I want us to welcome Vanessa Anno to the pulpit to come and minister to us in the, in poetry, hallelujah. Encourage her, put your hands together for her. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'll be doing a poem titled Lion of Judah today. It was written by a poet called Twee. Okay, so here it goes. Let it be known to the young and to the old, from the meek to the bold and the cool and the cold and the silver and gold, that only Jesus is Lord. Scripted and encrypted on scrolls of flesh by the Holy Ghost, the word speaks to all who have ears to hear. For he bowed the heavens and came down with thick darkness beneath his feet. The earth and the skies before his presence flee. The soldier of Jehovah with the weight of the world upon his shoulders. Thundering trumpets prepare the way of the coming king. For he comes with a fury mightier than that of Katrina, commanding an army more powerful than a thousand of tsunamis, the conquering lion of Judah. He's greater than any Pharaoh or Buddha, we hail him everlasting and not Haley Selassie. For tell me which arm of Krishna is mightier than the tip of his one pinky finger. He's the only way to the Father, far beyond the reach of Allah. And if this offends you, then remember that not even Shembe is a Trinity member. For I am talking about the Son of Man. For the Son on man shines to give light, but like rain that falls on man to give life, Jesus reigns. Let all who have ears hear of the majesty of the Lord, the creator of all things is seen and invisible. Mountains melt like wax before him. Distance shows the voice of joy rejoicing in the essence of his excellent presence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let all who have ears hear and declare that these are the king of kings. For there is a king in heaven, there is a king whom kings bow down to and call him king. There is a king in heaven, the Lord, the Lord of all lives, yes, all life. For in all my life, I have never heard of Allah raising the dead. In all my life, I have never heard of Buddha opening the eyes of one born blind. In all my life, I have never heard of Krishna casting out demons or Shembe walking on water. But in the name of Jesus alone is all the power of heaven. For the name of Jesus alone towers above every other name as high as the heavens tower above the earth <laughs> I'm sorry Every knee and every tongue will bow and confess the Lordship of Jesus, the soon coming King, who holds the only name under heavens given unto man by which they can and may be saved. See, our God is Emmanuel. He is infinitely beautiful, divine, indeed immaculate. He's the bright and morning star shining brighter than any superstar. He knows every star by name in the universe. He has numbered the hairs on every head on the planet, past, to present, and future. See, you don't need 
to be irreverent, to worship him with reverence. Come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, he says. These are the words of my heavenly master pleading. He will give you peace and rest better than any celic poshopedic. See, our God is the Alpha Lion from the tribe of Judah. With a raw so mighty, it rattles the very foundations of hell. Our God is indescribable. His name is hallowed and deferment, eternally so permanent. Spiritually, he's relevant, the only exclusive salvation element. It is him who holds the universe's souls whole-handedly by the vibrations of his vocal cords, uttering oracles that birth the miracles down the pathways of predestination, the way, the truth, and the life, able to preserve this nation. So allow me to present you this notion. Jesus Christ, God's gift to mankind, literally the best thing ever. Even sliced bread cannot compete. See, our God is the beginning, yet the end. He's a man, yet fully God. He's a lamb, yet a lion. He's the chief cornerstone, yet the rock of ages. He's the author and the finisher, yet the very living word. He's a king, yet a prince and a messiah, baptizing with spirit and fire. Our God is one, yet he's three. He's a shepherd, yet a priest. He's Genesis, yet the revelation, the divine in human form. See, our God has gone where no other name has gone, saved where no other name has saved, delivered where no other name has delivered, conquered where no other name has conquered, and returned from where no other name has dared to return. Some trust in their chariots, some trust in their qualifications, but we will remember the name of our God, the name of our God, the only name that is feared in three worlds. See, the name of our God is the only name that is adored by angels. It is feared by demons and given for the salvation of man. The name of our God has gone where no other name has gone. It has saved where no other name has saved, conquered where no other name has conquered, delivered where no other name has delivered, and returned from where no other name has dared to return. And just Jesus Christ's name that we praise. So give me a J. Give me a J. See, Jesus is Jehovah's joy. Jew is jewel. He is Judas' is justifier, jubilantly joyful judge and judiciary. Give me an E. He is Emmanuel, established eternally, everlasting to everlasting, extolled expressively, exalted extravagantly, exhibiting exemplary empathy, evoking explosive excitement everywhere, euphoric emphasis epitomizing Elohim. Give me an S. He is a salvation specialist, a selfless sacrificer, systematically sensational, shattering seven seals, scriptural sun spirit sowing sacred seeds, a sympathetic soul sleuther, a scriptural sharpshooter, sweet smelling savor, sanctifying sacred saints. Give me a you. He is undeniably unequaled, unspotted, unsearchable, uncorruptible, undefeated, universally unmatched, undefiled and unfailing, uniquely unlimited usher of South Africa. Give me an S. He is a shepherd. Seeking, saving, scattered sheep, sea stroller, Satan stomper, superhumanly sublime savior, sacred special star superior, superb, sublime, sun surpassing, supernova splendor. What is his name? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. Oh, you can do better. Put your hands together for our sister, Vanessa. Wow. May the name of the Lord be praised. And may the Lord continue to grace you and anoint you in Jesus' name. Lift up your voice and thank the Lord for this morning. As he has given us a privilege to be in his presence. Today, your presence here is not by accident. It's by God's plan and agenda. 
So lift up your voice and say, thank you, Lord, for bringing me here. Thank you for keeping me alive. Thank you for loving me just as I am. As your word comes forth, Lord, let it bring a wonderful change, a new way of seeing you, a new way of looking at things, a new way of walking this life that I will be pleasing to you. You are more than able to do whatever concerns my life. And therefore, today, as I come before you, I lay my troubles and I lay my cares and my burdens at your altar, at your feet, trusting and knowing that you have cared for me, you have loved me, you shall perfect everything that concerns me. You you will be able to make me what you want me to be. Thank you, God, that this morning by your spirit, I don't look up to myself, but I look up to you. Who is God? And there is none like you. I give you praise. I give you the adoration. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. How many are visiting us for the very first time? This is the first time we are here. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Okay. We want you... We want to acknowledge your presence and your visit. There was a day when I first visited this church in 1990. Not this particular branch, but it was a branch somewhere on the continent of Africa. And when I went there, I went there as a student. And I said to myself, well, I'm just visiting this church to just hear what they talk about. And to be honest with you, when I heard the pastor preach and I understood what he was preaching, I said to myself, I'm coming again. You know, I went not because I saw it in a dream that I had to go there, but just by invitation of a friend. I went, but I realized that God works through, hello, hello, okay, I realized that God works through human beings. You see, when God is working, you will never see him, because if God is present now, we will not even, we will be afraid, because those who saw a vision of God one of their natural response is face to the ground. Are you with me? Face to the that when you read the Bible, the natural response of those who had a vision of God face to the ground is like I can't look at him. Do you get it? So, but God works in human life. God works in human life. You see, they will not teach us in school that God works. Because the truth is, they can't teach you what they don't know about. I mean, like a mass teacher standing there and all of a sudden starting to teach you uh, Russian. Unless he knows Russian, he cannot teach you Russian. It's like asking me to teach you, uh, is it Sivenda or Chivenda? Chivenda. I mean, look at me. Do you think I can teach you Chivenda? 
So you see, the fact that I can and I don't teach you about Chivenda does not mean that there's no language that exists that has alphabets and everything that is written. Are you with me? And I'm saying this to many of us because what it is is that as we get a little bit educated, in other words, as we start going to school and we begin to understand how the sun, how we have day and night and uh, morning and evening and winter harvest and all that, as we begin to understand how it happens and as we discover that there are many more planets and all those things and then we design things to make it possible for us to go very far and design things like you speak here and without a cable, it, it's coming out here. It's like we begin to think that we know everything. And now questioning the existence of God. Are you with me? Now, the point I'm making is that your, your little knowledge or the knowledge that you have is something very small. You know, sometimes you always feel like what I know is a lot. And then as your years go on and you learn more things and you say to yourself, what was I thinking? I mean, if you are honest with yourself, you always be wondering, what was I thinking? Because at the time, what you were thinking was that what you know is all that there is to know. But I can comfortably and confidently tell you that what you know is a very small fraction of what there is to know. And even about the subject you think you know, you know very little. Amen. So I am saying to you and to myself that considering the things that we see around and considering how many things work without any man's intervention, there must be somebody who is above man that is in control of things. Because even your own body, you are not in control. How many think you are in control of your body? And I will show you, I will give you a proof. The fact that you cannot manage diarrhea. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. You thought I'm going to talk about your brain. No, let's leave it there. The fact that your intestines and your sphincter can control you tells you that you are not in control of them. Your stomach will wake up one morning together with the intestines and we say we are going to send this guy quite often to the washroom. It doesn't matter what he's doing and what he has planned to do. We are going to send him all the time. Look, guys, let's go. And they start working. I mean, before you realize, you'll be handing the microphone over. 
Somebody will think you have seen, or you will cut the sermon short. Because if you don't, if you don't, something else will happen. That will make you do what you didn't want to do. So it just shows you that we, even the body that is ours, we are not in control. There is God. No matter what you call whatever it is, it, there is something supreme. There is something superior about this world who controls and manages everything in this world, including you and your body. Amen. Now, this person in our Christian world, we call him God. You can call him whatever you want to call him, but he is God. He is the one in control. He is the one that runs all affairs. And at the end of the period that he gives you here on earth, you have to stand before him for a discussion. I said, at the end of the period that he gives you here on earth, you have to stand before him for a discussion. Now, now, the discussion will be about how you lived here on earth. You're not believing it doesn't change that interview. That, that interview date is set on his calendar. You will know it and I will know mine. You see, there will be a day as I'm speaking today about this God that I will not speak about him but that I will stand before him. Whether I like it or want it is a reality. Now, my mistake would be to ignore him whilst I'm here on earth. That would be the mistake. And that is the mistake of humanity. And the only reason why a human being who doesn't control his heart, you can't tell your heart what to do. The heart that is pumping the blood. You can't tell it what to do. I'm not talking about somebody's heart. Yours. Yours. Let us, let us think a little bit. As we are tempted to discard God or to ignore him. You see, this God can tell your heart what to do. And does tell your heart what to do. But you can't. So on what basis would you want to disregard him whilst you are here on earth? The only reason will be pride. So to say that you don't care about God is not a well-informed speech. It's not a well-informed speech. That's the first point I want to bring to your attention this morning. That there is God and you must care about him. I said, there is God. Turn to somebody sitting by you and say, there is God and you must care about him. You must give him your ear to hear what he has to say. Hallelujah. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you and I 
came to meet this world. We don't know where we came from. Yeah, you, you know you were born in the Eastern Cape. But before you were born, where were you? No, 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 no. You see, any man that is very proud, like, you know, sometimes you have these intellectuals who speak as if their stomach is speaking and not their brain. You know, and I ask you a simple question. Tell me where you were before you came here on earth. Tell me where you were before you were born. Is the, your being born the beginning of your life? Can you confidently say it? We have a lot of unanswered questions. But pride makes us not to look at it to humble us. Do you get it? So, we were born into this world that has existed before we came. Now, this God who created it must have the right to tell us how to live here. Listen to me. This God who created this world we live in must have the right to tell us how to live here. And the truth is, the truth is, he's the only person that can truly tell us how to live here. Therefore, to reject his voice about how to live here, number two, is not wise. Number one step that is not wise is to not care about him and what he has to say about you and how to live. Number two is to reject his voice of directing you and me how to live. You see, to reject his voice of directing you and me how to live is like to tell your teacher who is going to set the exams and who is going to mark you that he should forsake. Yeah, that's, 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 so those of you who understand Africans, I know you know what I'm talking about. This one is not, is not vendor. Do you get it? I, I hope you're understanding me. You will not say that to your teacher. Is there any student here who wants to say to your teacher, I don't care what you want to teach. I don't care. Just, I'm going. I want to do what I want to do. Is there anybody here who is going to school who wants to say that to your teacher? So why would you want to say that to God? Now, this, these are the reasons why somebody would do that. You see, to not regard God would 
come from the fact that you seem to be able to do many things without him. Remember, the underlying word is you seem to be able to do many things without him. And the only reason is because he has given you when he created you and me a faculty portions of art as that works on their own. For example, for example, the heart, the heart, the human heart has in it a place that generates electric current for it to cause the heart to pump. I think God is wild. No, no, as I'm trying to explain to you the message, I am realizing that God is wild. And if you study what he has created, you can understand him. You see, the heart, which is very essential to your existence as a human being, that is to circulate blood. God, in his creation, has given it a portion of it, a specialized portion of it from where electric current is generated. That makes the muscles, the individual muscles contract together to push the blood out. But over and above that, there is a portion of the brain that controls this place. There is a portion. He has sent wires or nerve fibers that even though that heart, the heart can pump by itself, he has still sent a portion of the brain to manage it. Now, if that portion of the brain gets injured, for whatever reason, the heart can, can function on its own. But the heart cannot respond to certain changes. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? See, the heart, it has its own center, its own generator that works. But there is a portion of the brain from where this same heart is controlled. Now, this is what happens. When there's an injury that disrupts or affects that portion of the brain, the heart can still pump blood. But it can't respond to the pumping of the blood with changing situations. So it just pumps. It just pumps. So it wouldn't know that you have to cool down. It wouldn't know that you have to go up. It wouldn't know that, listen, take it easy. No. So yes, it will work without the influence of the brain, but it won't respond appropriately to changes. 
It won't respond appropriately to changing situations. Now, now, this is the true state of man without God. You can function, you can move around, you can do things, but what is lacking in the man without God is that your response to changing situations is inappropriate. But the pride, I mean, the fact that you are moving around deceives you to think that you are responding appropriately. But that's a lie. And you keep moving, going around, moving around, thinking that that's the right thing to do. But you are making a mistake. That's what I said to you. That this place has been in operation before you came. Now, the other thing that I have not told you yet is that there is an enemy of God in this place whose aim and whose effort is to make miserable anything God has created. His name is Satan. He's very happy you don't believe he exists because he does well where his existence is not believed. I mean, a snake here amongst us as Africans will be very happy that we don't believe it is here. It's safety. It's safety is the belief that he's not here by us. Maybe if it was the white people, it can make itself to be shown and they will take him or it to a better place. But if it is Africans and you show yourself to Africans that you exist, the day you reveal yourself will be the day of your burial ceremony. They will not only kill you, but they will burn you so that there's no resurrection for you. Because they will ascribe to you an old lady in the village that has come to a place that they shouldn't be and has changed into your form. So your security as a snake in a place where Africans are is to hide and make them believe you don't exist. They will never look for you. That is Satan for you. Now, now, it is in the light of this. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. I'm almost done. It is in the light of these facts and truths that you and I need to reconnect with God. And God also knows this. I said, God also knows the problem between his creation and himself. And therefore, he sought to bring the reconnection between us and him. And this is where Jesus comes in. I said, this is where Jesus 
comes in. Why would God do that? Because he loves you and loves me. I said, why would God do that? Because he loves you and loves me. Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence that he loves me and he loves you? Let's open to Jonah. And somebody helped me look for the scripture after Jonah had gone to preach. And the people of Nineveh repented. And he was angry that God has changed his mind. He was angry that God has changed his mind about the punishment he wanted to give to the people of Nineveh. Jonas misbehaved. And God explained to Jonah why his misbehavior is inappropriate. Have you found it for me? Jonah chapter 4. Okay, Jonah is in the Bible, eh? It's not only the story of verse what? Jonah, the book of Jonah chapter 4, verse 4. Just put it on so that I can read it. Where's Jonah? In, hey. I can't find Jonah in my Bible. Where will it be? No, I'm serious. Oh, seriously, it's not here. Okay, I've seen it. You see, you can't see that means that doesn't mean it's not there. You see, in Jonah chapter 4, Jonah was expressing verse 1. Let me, let me just preach from there. Just give me verse 1. Jonah was expressing his unhappiness about God changing his mind concerning the people of Nineveh. Nineveh is a place and they had a king and they were living not in the right way according to God. And God sent his servant Jonah to go and speak to them. Jonah's main reason for not going to speak to them and therefore was running away and got caught up in the whale of the belly, in the belly of the whale, was because he said God would change his mind if the people respond to God's message. Because Jonah wanted God to punish the people.
So he was not happy. Because as soon as he went to preach, the people responded, including all the animals. The king decided that we are fasting and praying for forgiveness. You see, the king believed in God and believed the word of the prophet of God concerning what they were doing wrong and decided that he was not only going to respond by himself alone. Even the animals are going to have fasting and prayer. I don't know how the cows were praying. Can you imagine cows fasting and praying? And God responded appropriately. Because God is love. I said God is love. So he explained to Jonah that what you are not happy that I've changed my mind. Give me verse 2, please. Unless your Bible counts odd numbers. And he said, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray the Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tashis, for I knew that thou art a gracious God. merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Verse 3. Please, let's read quickly, because this is not a verse that I wanted to preach on, so let's move quickly. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. I don't want this prophet to be my prophet. No, 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 no. I want Jesus to be my prophet. Then said the Lord, Thou, he said, Doest thou well to be angry? Please, maybe for the sake of our visiting people, let's write it in English. Verse 4. Why is there a controller? Is you. Oh, okay, you are not a regular. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Is it right? Is it right? Is it right? Let's go on. Then Jonah went out of the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what will happen to the city. Your pastor, the one that has been sent to you to advise you about your wrong way is waiting to see how God will punish you. Hey! And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there and soon it spread abroad its leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for, the, for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. God has a way. God is very patient, eh? Look, God, he respects us all. He respects his creation. 
and takes his time to even engage the creation, even if your thinking is wrong. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching eastern to blow on Jonah. Then the sun beat down his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah said. Yes, yes. After you didn't do what I want, I, I thought you were going to do. Now I've become a liar in the eyes of the people. Now this small shade too that I have, you are taking it away from me. I said, even, yes, I'm angry. Even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant. Though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. So, so now God was trying to explain to Jonah how he, God, feels about his creation. By, by making Jonah see that when you love something, you don't let go of it easily. Nineveh, did, you, did we read verse 10? It says, but Nineveh has more than 120 people. Verse 11. But Nineveh has more than 120 people living in spiritual darkness. You see, they were going about their lives. But they were like the heart without the influence of the brain. Responding to situations in the same way, inappropriately. Just doing what they know how to do. Living their lives the way they know how to live it. But God wanted to help them. I said God wanted to help them not to live in darkness. So the Bible says, 120 people living in spiritual not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? You see, this is God who, the creator, the giver of life, the sustainer of everything, is saying that, should I not feel sorry for the state of the people? Verse 12. That's it. Okay. So that's the question Jesus, God is asking Jonah. Shouldn't I feel sorry? Is there not a reason for God to send Jesus to you and to me to restore our relationship with him so that we will not walk in darkness? I'm asking you. This is what God himself is saying. Therefore, is this strange? I said, is this strange? That this same God will feel sorry for you and me in our spiritual darkness which has come about because of the disruption of our relationship with him.
Is it a wonder? I said, is it a wonder that in John chapter 8, when a woman who was caught in adultery was brought to Jesus, the people asking for contamination, he said, they should condemn him, the one without sin. And none would condemn him. And Jesus' response was that neither do I condemn you. Why? Because whatever you were doing, you were just doing what you know how to do in the darkness that has covered you. But I, Jesus, I, Jesus, I am the light of this world. I, Jesus, I am the light of this world. If anyone follows me, that person shall not walk in darkness. Listen to me, listen to me. As I round up, the only reason you will stand at the wrong side of God when your life here on earth is over is because you rejected Jesus. But as a pastor, I am here to advise you that receive Jesus. I said, as a pastor, I am here to advise you that receive Jesus. I know how it feels when your life is in a spiral cycle of moving from one problem to another. One looking for one thing to make you happy to another and nothing is making you happy. The feeling you get when anyone talks to you about God is a feeling of condemnation. Is that why are you talking to me about God? Why should I receive Jesus? Is it because you have received Jesus? Do you think you, you, you are better than me? Let me say something to you. They didn't say and they are not saying they are better than you. All they are saying is that there is a light that can guide all of us in this world. They have found it and they want you also to find it. The feeling of condemnation that you get when you are among Christians is not from the Christians, it's from Satan. And he doesn't want you to receive into your life what will help you. And I'm here to tell you that God did not send Jesus to condemn us. I said God did not send Jesus to condemn us. We can only condemn ourselves when we reject Jesus. But as long as you are here on this earth and you have an opportunity to receive Jesus, I advise you to do so. Jesus will take nothing that is good for your life out of your life. He would take the evil, the work of darkness, the work of Satan that is leading you nowhere out of your life. And he will bring into your life 
that which God would make you to do great things and to live as somebody who is in the light. The Bible tells us in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. This love is not something new. The book I read to you is an Old Testament book that shows that God loves his creation. I said, God loves his creation. I said, God loves his creation. And he will spare nothing to deliver his creation from the power of darkness. Today, I stand as a messenger of God through Jesus, telling you that you must receive Jesus, who God has provided to be the bridge between you and himself. Because in Jesus, you receive forgiveness of your sins. But not only forgiveness of your sins, you receive the power to live as somebody who is living in light. You receive the power for your heart to be able to respond appropriately to the changing situations of life. If you hear my voice today, I said, if you hear my voice today, don't reject Jesus. Don't believe any of the lies that they have told you. That Christianity is a white man's religion. There is nothing like a white man's religion. Christianity is God loving his creation and sending Jesus to die for you and for me. That through Jesus, we would be saved and not to stand on the wrong side of God. It is all because of his love. Therefore, don't reject Jesus. Don't reject Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I wanted to hear clearly what I've said this morning. I wanted to hear clearly what I've said this morning and think about it properly. I know that as I'm speaking, the enemy is also speaking making sure that you don't believe what I say but listen to me I have met Jesus received him into my life since 1986 and he has done me no evil he has only delivered me from the power of darkness and now I live in the light I respond to situations appropriately not just the way I know but the way I ought to respond now I know where I'm going and I know what I'm doing because I have the guide the true guide the spirit of God the Holy Spirit to guide my life that is why I can take decisions that will not only benefit me now but will have benefit for me in the day when I stand before God I ask of you to do likewise don't think about what you have to let go God knows how to separate you from everything that is not good for your life therefore every head bowed and every eye closed you want to say pastor please I've heard what you have said and I want to receive Jesus as my savior I want to receive Jesus as God's provision 
to bridge the gap between myself and him. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Lift up your hand. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. Father, look at the hands that are lifted. I know many of us here must make a decision. And I know the enemy is telling you that you don't have to now. You can do it later. But I wanted to know that if God has ordained for you to hear the word today, then today is the hour of your visitation. Don't postpone it. Don't say I'll do it later. Don't say that, oh, because I need to sort out some things. I stand here to tell you that you can never sort out anything in your life without Jesus. Because you are not against an empty opposition, but you are against a small opposition, the opposition of Satan. And he's more powerful than you without Jesus. It is only with Jesus in your life that you can begin to sort out anything. And God knows your state. He describes, he's aware of the spiritual darkness in which you are. And that is why he has come as a light to your life. It is only in light that you can see clearly and do what needs to be done. Therefore, you need to receive Jesus. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Lift it up high. Father, thank you for the lifted hands. I just sense that there are many people that must give their lives to Jesus. I know it. I sense it in my spirit. Some of you are saying, no, it's not this, it's not that. Listen, don't make a mistake as others have made and have lost the opportunity. The only reason why a person can stand on the wrong side of God is because they reject Jesus. Or they rejected an opportunity when it was there. Doors don't always open all the time. They open for a moment and after a while, they shut. You may never know what will shut your door and never allow you the chance again. I don't know mine. That is why when I had my chance in 1986, by the grace of God, I, I never rejected it and I'm grateful I did. You lifted up your hands. I wanted to step up and come forward here. I want to pray with you. Thank you. salvation 
Say with me, Heavenly Father. I thank you today that I can choose you as God without anybody forcing me. Thank you for loving me and keeping me for this day. I'm grateful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just sense in my spirit as we are praying that there are some people that you have been born again. You have been born again. But you did not follow up to relate with Jesus and with God. And so, even as I speak now, it's as if you have never been born again before, but you have. And you are feeling the need to start afresh. The Lord is giving you an opportunity to start afresh. So you want to say, Pastor, I am born again, but I know that I have not lived as born again. Therefore, I want to start afresh by rededicating my life to Jesus. I wanted to come. I want to pray with you. And I want to come and stand behind these ones. I want you to come. I want to pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come with me. You want to rededicate your life. I just said I must. I feel there's somebody that must be born again. I just sense there's somebody here. You must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Please come and join in. Don't, don't, don't allow Satan to stop you. The Lord says, come, come. He has his reason for bringing you here today. And I also would want to respect that prompting by inviting you to come. Whoever you are, please. I want you to come. I'm waiting for you. I just sense there's somebody. It's almost like you are, you are leaving somebody behind. Don't leave him behind. Whoever you are, please come quickly. Come. Come. Be brave and come. Be brave and come. Be brave quickly. Come. Come. I'm waiting for you. Come. Don't be shy of anybody. Be brave and come. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Congregation joining us, we pray together. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you for my life. And I thank you for Jesus. Who you sent to die for me. He died indeed and rose again on the third day. Seated at your right hand. I believe in him as your son. 
who came to die for my sins. I receive him as my savior. Therefore, as I stand before you, Father, forgive me of my sins as I surrender my life to you. I know I can be nothing without you. But under your power, I can be everything you have made me to be. Thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to die for me. Thank you for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. I receive the cleansing of my sins with the blood of Jesus. From today, I will live for Jesus. I will follow him because he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. Jesus, Jesus, you are my master. And I am your follower. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit to help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Thank you for your love that kept you on the cross. Thank you for your love that brought you here on earth. Thank you for your love that caused you to shed your blood for my redemption. I will forever be grateful. Amen. Father, bless these lives. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Make them stable. Send forth shepherds. Diligent shepherds into their lives. Shepherds with your spirit by whom they would influence them through your Holy Spirit on them to be stable. For every seed that shall be planted in these hearts, let not the enemy take it away, but let it be planted in the proper place through wisdom and through your anointing that these ones will flourish in your kingdom. They will look back one day and sing, look what the Lord has done. I'm grateful and I'm thankful for these precious souls. Father, I'm thankful that as weak a vessel as we are, you will use your, our lives for great things because it is not by us, but by your spirit. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in my life and in the lives of these ones. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.